leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to the Dogland Podcast. It's another victory edition as the Cleveland Browns beat the Indianapolis Colts today, 32-23. to Tonight, I am joined by, as always, Jackson McCurry and our newest contributor to the Dogland, Alex Haflin. Alec, how we doing, man? It's great to talk to you. It's great to be here. Hello, Internet. It's it's great to finally be introduced to the Dogland family. Um, coming off of a great 4 and one um, last time they were four and one, my dad had not met my mom. And at that point I was three years old. So it, it has definitely been a while. And Jack, you know, going, uh, to four and one here, um, it, it sets up a showdown next week, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers who are four and oh, to start the year. And, uh, I, I know that Cleveland is going to be buzzing all week. And I think this is the game that we've been waiting for. Uh, since that playoff game in 2002 where uh, the, the rivalry game between the Browns and Steelers really, really means something. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah, like you said, this is the biggest Browns-Steelers game in 17 years. I mean, this town is going to be going crazy. Uh, the banter back and forth between Browns and Steelers fan this week is going to be unbelievable. But, I mean, 4-1 and one is such a great feeling. I mean, I, I just I, – I still can't believe it. I cannot believe we're at this point already in the season. Uh, things are looking great, and hopefully they can only continue to get better. All right, let's talk about how the Browns got to 4-1 and one because they uh, played a fantastic first half uh, of football where they scored on all four of their first uh, four possessions of the game. Uh, they went uh, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, uh, and going into halftime, they were up 20 to 10. Uh, after kicking the field goal on opening drive, they gave up a touchdown to the Colts. They went back down uh, and scored. Uh, the Colts added a field goal. Browns got a field goal to go up 17 to 10, or got a touchdown to go up 17 to 10, and then added a field goal. Um, they just got off to a, a fast start, much like they did last week against Dallas, and in uh, doing so, having those early leads is, is nice and refreshing and not having to play while trailing. And the, the Browns offense just seemed to click on all cylinders in that first half. Yeah, it was really good to start out with Baker Mayfield, according to Colin Cowherd, which we all know who absolutely adores Colin Cowherd or adores Baker Mayfield, Mayfield rather. Um Colin Coward said that Baker Mayfield had the best half of his entire NFL career, which I agree with. I think he was 10 for 15 or something along those lines. He put up more points or more yards in the half this game than he did all of last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this going into the second half, it was a little bit scarier, but we held on. You know, yeah. um, I'll go, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I mean... 
it definitely was Baker's probably his best half as a pro quarterback for sure. I mean, everybody was kind of focused in on like the running game, but the Browns came out swinging with the passing attack and it was nice to see them switch it up. And it, I think the Colts were probably caught off guard because I think they were honed in on, we need to stop this run game. This offense isn't as effective without the running game, but you know, Baker came out swinging and, he, I mean, that first half was incredible to score on every drive. I mean, when was the last time a Browns team actually did that score every drive in the first half? I mean, I'm who knows if it's ever happened. If it, yeah, it's it's certainly been a while. I feel like that Miami game last year, uh, where they put up 30 points in the first half, maybe. Um, I'd have to go back and, and check that. But you know, going into this week, uh, Jack, they, you know, they were probably going to rely on the running game right or at least try to establish that i know it's going to be difficult without having nick chubb there and having to be replaced by kareem hunt i mean kareem hunt is no slouch but uh you you were going up against a a very good indianapolis colts uh defensive front to where it was going to be very difficult to move the ball so you saw the game plan very early on uh, to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands quickly uh, in, in the passing game, and it really paid off. Um, There's some great play calls and play designs. I know that first drive stalled. Um, I want to say it was inside the 10. Uh, I, I thought they might have gone for that one, but um, they decided to to kick the field goal. Uh, that second drive, you know, things like tight end screens. Um, it's nice to see, see screen plays that actually work. And, and then Baker... Uh, doing what Baker does and in, in scrambling and finding Kareem Hunt in the back of the end zone uh, for a touchdown, which is a great way uh, to utilize a, a back who receives the ball very well. So they really got everybody involved in that first half, whether it was Austin Hooper, whether it was OBJ, whether it was Landry, whether it was Kareem Hunt, uh, Richard Higgins as well. You know, it, it was great to see, um, them attack the Colts from all angles, especially with that passing attack. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the pregame uh, and earlier in the week, like they're designing rollouts for Baker, which is something that the previous coaching staff did not do. And it was effective in the opening drives. I mean, rolling out, finding Jarvis Landry on those play action plays. Jarvis Landry had probably the best quarter of his career, I'd say. Uh, three big catches for 80 yards. I mean, obviously we'll talk about what happened the rest of the game, but he was locked in. They got Hooper involved early. They got Beckham involved early. I mean, they were getting everybody involved. And Rashard Higgins finally made a surprise appearance. Obviously, you know, with Kadero Hodge going on IR, we thought Higgins would get his opportunity to play, and he did. He made some great catches, and obviously he got in the end zone too. So uh, Baker was locked in in that first half. The receivers were all locked in, and the offense was just cruising. It looked really, really strong in the first half, especially from our defense. You know, Philip Rivers was not having a good game in the first half. He was not having fun playing football against the Cleveland Browns. No, no, not at all. And you saw what the uh, amount of turnovers that he had today. You know, he had the the pick six in the second half. Uh, you know, he was set, sacked a few times. Uh, he had the the intentional grounding that went for safety and. You know, that 
defensive pressure that the Browns had today, you know, it wasn't only Miles Garrett today, but it was also Olivier Vernon. I know, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Vernon, especially, you know, going into the season with it. And then with him being out for a couple weeks, uh, he really showed up today and him being able to get pressure on the opposite side of miles just creates so much problems for uh, opposing offenses that, um, that they're able to do different things. And when you only rush two, when you only rush three or four um, and you're able to get pressure, you know, you have a good defensive front. And with the way that miles played today, um, you know, it's no shocking that uh, he ended up with the game that he had. He's now leading uh, the NFL in sacks. He has seven total uh, for the season and, you know, he's probably going to get another AFC Defensive Player of the Week, I would think, this week. So, you know, it, it's just uh, uh, great to see him go up uh, and unleash his full potential. And I know him playing against Pittsburgh next week is definitely going to be uh, must-see television. I will say I was very, very, very happy with that Ronnie Harrison pick six. That was a play that we really desperately needed to see, especially out of the secondary that had not been all that great. <clears throat> Fire and or Anderson Day. <clears throat> Sorry. I had some stuck in my throat there. It was called trash. Um, you know, we have a very thin secondary right now with Carl Joseph being out. And now Andrew, uh, now Ronnie Harrison being evaluated with a concussion, but the defense picked up where they needed to. And we also look at the at the front, the front five there. Uh, we had Jacob Phillips down, who was eventually replaced. Sheldon Richardson went out for a couple of plays here. Uh, Miles Garrett wasn't playing all the snaps. But we have that versatile defense where we can get that next man up mentality, especially with Sheldrick Red, Red Wine. You know, he went right in. First snap of the 2020 campaign, picked the ball. That is the production that we need to see from every player, except Andrew Sandejo and, and Andrew Sandejo, who shouldn't be on the team. You know, Jack, it's kind of the story of the game today. The the reserves stepped up in a huge way. You know, Ronnie Harrison getting the start for Carl Joseph. He had a pick six. Sheldrick Wenwen coming in when Harrison went out. Rashard Higgins, uh, you know, with a touchdown catch and then a great block um, at the end of the game to help seal uh, the win for the Browns on the, the Ernest Johnson uh, long run there uh, down the left sideline. You know, when you have, a, uh, when you start to create a culture where it's next man up, when players go out for a few plays because um, people are injured, and I forgot to mention Chris Hubbard coming in for Wyatt Teller, who left the game as well, uh, who played decent uh, at the right guard position for Teller. So you had four guys come a day, come in today off the bench and play extremely well and help the Browns go to four and one. Yeah. That's a major credit to the coaching staff that uh, Kevin Stefanski put together and himself included. I mean, you just mentioned it, all those guys that were reserves, they all stepped up and played big roles. And I mean, even Dearness Johnson, you mean last week he stepped up, had a major game against Dallas and then end of the game. We need, uh, we needed a big play. He made a big, made a big run to put us in the field goal range to seal the win. I mean, that's just what good coaching does. It's your, your key guy goes down. It's a next man up mentality. And you know, these, these Browns 
are selling or buying what the coaches are selling. And that's great because previous coaches and previous regimes, they didn't do that. And it's also a credit to the front office. They've put a solid team together to where we have guys that can come in off the bench and contribute where in the past we've had guys come in off the street and they did diddly squat. So all around great effort by the organization. And today was just prime example of the, the hard work that they've been able to do in 2020, despite all the chaos surrounding the, uh, not only the team, but the league and the world. You know, I, I talked about uh, on, on our uh, pregame show, how they've done a really good job over the first uh, now five weeks of slowly building everything. Um, you know, I I think uh, they should definitely get a pass for the Baltimore game, especially without having any kind of offseason workouts and, and whatnot. But um, what they've been able to do in the last four weeks and, and, and winning four straight um, by getting Baker Mayfield more involved, by getting guys like Austin Hooper more involved, by getting OBJ more involved, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, when you start to slowly see – pieces of the offense all over the place um, here and there start to produce, you know the system that Kevin Stefanski wants to implement is starting to work. Uh, when you're able to um, force defenses to have to game plan for all these different uh, pieces on your offense, and especially uh, players who have such talent like uh, the Browns players on offense do, it, it creates so many different problems. And they're able to um, have, they have to respect all of these guys and it opens everything up. So when you call a play, you don't know who's going to, and, and that's such a luxury for the Browns to have all these guys on offense in order to uh, give defenses problems and, and be able to move the ball and score uh, like they have. They've scored 30 points and now four straight weeks. It's only scoring six uh, in uh, the season opener against the Baltimore Ravens. And I, I don't know when the last time the Browns scored 30 plus points in uh, four consecutive games. And uh, you can really see that this offense is firing on all cylinders now. 1968 was the last time. Look at you having that stat ready to go. That's impressive. Um, you know, it, them firing on all cylinders is something that they're absolutely going to have to continue to do. Uh, you know, they played a very tough defense this week in, with the Colts. It's only going to get tougher next week against Pittsburgh. And it, it's certainly going to be a, a great matchup uh, next Sunday. Um, you know, Alec, looking at the, the, the two main wide receivers, Odell and Landry, they decided uh, to put on a, a show in the first half by making some ridiculous catches. Uh, you know, Jarvis had the one where he caught it behind a guy's back. Uh, you saw the one from Odell where uh, he went up and kind of tipped it to himself, and I don't know how he came down with that one without the ball hitting the ground. Uh, you saw uh, the trickery this week where uh, it was Odell's turn to uh, throw a pass, uh, and he almost he pretty he kind of left Hooper out to dry uh, on that one. Thankfully, he didn't get seriously hurt on that play, but... Uh, you start calling these types of plays, you have a lot of confidence in uh, in your skill position players, and you could just tell uh, that as the weeks go on, Stefanski is building more and more trust in these guys, and uh, the guys, when called upon, they're performing very well. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And in and doing a little research in the with the team that has scored an average of 37.5 points over the last four games, you also have to realize that these are athletes. These are, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, what I like to call the Ivy League duo, they got a bunch of dudes on this team. Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt. I can go on and on and on and on. We have the ability to run up the score on almost anybody that we really want. And the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be another one. But the two main factors over the past two weeks that I've seen are the Bayou boys, with being Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. They are always the ones that are making the best plays. Not that everyone else aren't making great plays. You have to give credit where credit is due to Kareem Hunt, to Dearness Johnson, to the running back, to the quarterbacks, to every little, every single aspect and every single position. But those two guys are getting the highlight real plays that the Cleveland Browns have not gotten in years. And it's so good to see. And not, and this is something that I analyzed back last year before the season even started. We have all of these players. And when we had just gotten Kareem Hunt, I remember telling people that Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are going to be a distraction. They're, they're going to get defenses off their A game because we have so many places that we can put the ball to run up the score on you. When we're looking at Pittsburgh, there's not much. But the Cleveland Browns this year looks better than any team that I've watched in my entire life. Yeah, it's, it's so nice to have all this talent assembled on offense. Um, and, and with the job that they did to, to rebuild this offensive line and uh, the job that they've done to protect Baker Mayfield, you know, you're starting to see, you know, over the first few weeks, you've seen Baker, um, be very uncomfortable back there. And I, I think it was a combination of still suffering from a lot of this shell shock that he's had um, over his first couple seasons with being pressured constantly. And today I, I really noticed that he looked a lot more comfortable back there. He didn't panic as much. Um, you know, the, or his internal clock isn't going off too quickly and you see him stay in the pocket a little bit more when he has the time and he just looks so much more comfortable back there and Jack I really think that's a, a testament to uh, a the coaching and b the, the the trust that is starting to build between him and the offensive line and it's just something he didn't have uh, over his first couple years yeah definitely I think the fact that you know the Browns went out and heavily invested in this offensive line this past off season, like you said, the first couple of weeks, it took Baker some time. He's gotten comfortable. And, and in the first half, he completely trusted it. Now in the second half, credit goes to the Indianapolis Colts and defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. They made great adjustments and they were able to pressure Mayfield and Mayfield looked much more uncomfortable in the second half. And I, and I think that was part of the struggle. And then obviously once he started getting hit in the fourth quarter, I think that's when you seen like, Baker stood in that pocket and then he took a big hit from Justin Houston. Uh, and that's when like Baker was, you know, grabbing his, he was grabbing his arm, but obviously it's a rib injury now and he's getting x-rayed. Uh, he got x-rayed. The results will be in tomorrow, but uh, yeah, the offensive line, you know, they've, they've done pretty good. Obviously I think the teller injury uh, was a little bit, 
more important than people want to realize. Hubbard did play a good game, but I think the Colts definitely attacked it once he went out. Yeah, and I actually just had seen a tweet coming from our very own Cameron Justice. Um, he, in the press conference, seemed to be lighthearted about it, quoting, I did not stay at the Holiday Inn, so I don't know how to read them. And then he also says, despite his rib injury, he'll be playing on Sunday against the Steelers because, and I quote, Mama didn't raise no wuss. I love it. <laughs> the, the Holiday Inn joke is a, a great callback to all those fantastic commercials. So, um, you know, and not to mention all these Baker progressive commercials hit a little bit different when you uh, have a four and one record. But um, I'm not surprised that those words came out of his mouth. And I know this is maybe the biggest game um for the Browns franchise in a very long time coming up this Sunday uh, against Pittsburgh. And it's going to be a great one uh, to, to watch. That's for sure. Um, I'll go ahead. Do you want to say something out? Yeah. I was going to say that just seeing what Baker's saying about that, he is exhuming that dragon energy guys. That is that thousand IQ strats, that dragon energy that we have never seen in Cleveland, probably since, uh, Otto Graham or Brian Sype. We have that dragon energy back. That energy and that intensity is what's going to push us to be better than we thought we could ever be. We're on a four-game winning streak right now. I didn't think that was possible. I said at the very beginning of the year, if we went three out of four in the first quarter, we would be lucky. We did exactly that, and we just won our fourth in a row. We are now sitting at four and one. That is unheard of, completely unheard of. And now we're going into our division rival where Miles Garrett has a revenge game on his hands from last year, despite Ben Roethlisberger being the starting quarterback. It's a revenge game for Miles Garrett. We know Miles Garrett's had that on his circled on his list since last year. We know that's going to be a very big game for the defense. It's going to be a very big game for the offense as well, because the offense wants to make a statement. So, it's going to be a very, very, very good prep week going into Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And, and add in the fact that uh, Deontay Johnson went out for them today with an injury. Uh, one of their offensive linemen, David DeCastro, went out with an injury. I mean, they're gonna their offense is coming a little empty-handed potentially going into next week for Pittsburgh. And you know, Alec, you talk about it's a revenge game for Miles Garrett. Miles, they. The boys better be watching Miles Garrett's back because a chop block or some kind of cheap shot could become a mile's way because you know that those guys are going to go after him for him swinging at Mason Rudolph. Now, they didn't do it in the second Pittsburgh game, but uh, I'm sure they didn't forget. So hopefully everybody's kind of watching 95's back, although Miles could definitely handle himself. So but uh, it's definitely going to be something to watch for sure. Yeah, I think you're going to see a, a heightened sense of uh, awareness from the officials uh, in this game on Sunday based on what happened in that game last year. Now that Miles is uh, playing in his first game against the Steelers since that incident. So uh, I think you're going to see a very heightened awareness from the officials. So it'll be very interesting to watch to see if anything uh, were to happen. Uh, before we kind of talk a little bit more about Pittsburgh and what that game means. Um, we put up a poll on our Twitter account over at the Dogland for uh, your mayor uh, of Dogland for this Browns victory over the Colts. Uh, the, the options were um, 
Rashard Higgins, Ronnie Harrison, who had the pick six, Rashard, um, uh, Miles Garrett, who uh, just annihilated the Colts offensive line all game, and then Baker Mayfield. So, uh, Alec, Jack, who did you pick to be your mayor of Dogland for this week? I'm going to have to say six. Six had a hell of a game this week. You know, as I as I alluded to before, he is turning heads. He is turning so many heads that Colin frickin' Coward went back on his original cue saying that Sam Darnold was better. And he actually even admitted that Baker Mayfield had a good game. So I think it's number six out of Oklahoma, Baker Reagan Mayfield. I, I would have said Baker, but the second half, I mean, he threw two interceptions. He just, I mean, obviously the Colts defense made great adjustments and uh, pressured Baker more. Uh, I would have said him, but I'm going with Miles Garrett. I mean, he is the best defensive player in the league, not named Aaron Donald right now. I mean, those two are going on a collision course for to decide who is going to win defensive player of the year. Um, you know, Aaron Donald have four sacks today. He's got seven miles still technically has six. The box score hasn't adjusted. So he only had one sack today, but so it's going to be interesting to see who wins the sack title and who ultimately wins defensive player of the year, because as things are shaping up, it's going to be between those two, which, uh, it should be because they're the two best defensive players in the league. So I'm going with 95 for sure. Yeah, I went with uh, 95 too. Just the, the amount of pressure uh, that Miles had consistently all game uh, on Philip Rivers, um, you know, having a sack, causing the safety. Uh, you 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 saw uh, just complete dominance uh, from from Miles in that game. You know, even when the Colts decided to put two or three different players on him, um, he, he was just able to to constantly be in the backfield and cause pressure. So that's why I am going with 95 uh, as my mayor of Dogland this week. But be sure to to vote. The polls open for a couple more days, so we'll let you know uh, the results of that uh, later on this week. Um, gentlemen, uh, it is Pittsburgh week. Uh, I know that uh, we we've been waiting for this and with the Browns now being four and one, the Steelers being four and oh, uh, it, it's going to be a, a fantastic matchup next Sunday. And I, I think that this is something Browns fans have waited a, a long time for. And, um, it, it's just going to be a, a fantastic matchup, uh, two heavy hitters. And, uh, this rivalry game is really going to mean something this week for the first time in, in a very long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was I watched Pittsburgh today before, obviously, the Browns game. Uh, their offense is looking really good. Uh, Chase Claypool, another wide receiver star in the making, which is just crazy. Um, he was unbelievable today. Ben does not look like the old Ben. It's just something I just I just don't think he's his old self. And I never really expected him to after the elbow injury. Um, and I know the defense had a bad, bad outing today. You know, they let the Eagles get back in it. Uh, but they're tough still. I mean, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, uh, Minka, Joe Hayden. I mean, they had a bad game today, but I definitely expect them to bring their best against our offense. So it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be something to watch for sure. I will tell you right now, I have had this game circled on my calendar since November 14, 2019, when Miles Garrett did have the fight with Mason Rudolph. There's a very good reason behind it. You know, I am a very big 
opposer of Mike Tomlin and his coaching style and his dirty players and his dirty plays. That is no secret. This is going to be a test to the coaching style and the discipline that Kevin Stefanski instills and holds his team accountable for. He has to hold his team accountable for every little thing, every penalty, every pass dropped, every ball dropped, every fumble. You know, we had Jarvis Landry dropping two balls this week. That was unacceptable, you know, especially wide open. Thankfully, we were able to clutch it out. But we have to show discipline. What happened last year was not discipline. Granted, we had a coach that didn't know what in the name of Hades he was doing. Kevin Stefanski is a new coach with a new challenge. That new challenge is named Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have to watch the discipline. Yeah, um, and, and speaking of discipline, I just went and double-checked because I know there weren't of those uh, very there weren't many of those yellow flags that flew today for the Browns. They only had two penalties for 10 yards this week. And it's so night and day from last week. And it's just uh, uh, fantastic uh, to, to see the discipline continue to build. And um, uh, it's certainly a, a different kind of culture uh, around here. Um, you know, the Baker, you guys sent this over uh, while uh, Alec was talking there. Uh, Baker had another fantastic quote on the Browns and their current success is that uh, we're trying to, we're trying to be a bunch of big, hairy American winning machines. So I, I think somebody's starting to get his confidence back. And when that happens, things can get uh, a little bit dangerous, I would say. So um, it's, it's great to see his confidence start to come back. And if he continues to play, uh, like he has over the last four weeks, um, uh, there, there's no reason that his confidence shouldn't be high. Uh, with all that, I, I think we've covered everything that uh, we're going to talk about about the Colts. Uh, we will certainly have a lot more this week uh, but uh, for the Steelers game next Sunday. Our, our buddy and friend of the show, Tony Serino, uh, who, who did the, the Lockdown Steelers podcast for a long time, now does the, the, an AFC North show, uh, he will be joining us uh, later on this week. And um, Alec, you know, it was great to finally have you on the podcast. Um, Thank you. Welcome to the Dogland family. It's it's great to have you here. And, Do you mind uh, if, if I you'll... give you a closing thing here real quick? Absolutely. Go right ahead. We have come a hell of a long way from Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, Bob Wiley, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens. This is a new Cleveland Browns team. The announcers last week in the win against the Dallas Cowboys said, oh my goodness, this ain't the same Cleveland Browns. The NFL needs to be put on notice, and they need to get on a very, very quick notice that the Cleveland Browns are different. They are energized. They have the fire. They have the swagger. They have. If they think that they're going to pull one easy... They got a whole nother thing coming, Jack, because we're going to run the damn ball down their throats. Damn right. And, you know, Anthony, uh, I don't know if you knew this. This is episode 199. When we started this 199 episodes ago, we were coming off a 1-15 in season. Uh, we were walking into what was going to be the 0-16 season. And 
damn, we have come a long way. We are four and one now, and our next episode is obviously episode number 200, and uh, the world's team is here, baby. It, it sure is. And the I, universe's I'm, team is here, boys. Yes, the universe's <laughs> team. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's great to have this feeling, especially um, after all the shows that we've done, all the losing uh, that we've endured. Um, it, it's great to, to have a winner. So uh, mm-hmm. at, at least it seems like that. And, you know, Alec, you know how you make sure the NFL is on notice uh, of the Cleveland Browns. You go into Pittsburgh next week, you kick the crap out of the Steelers, you beat them. And that's how you put the rest of the NFL on notice. And I I have a feeling that next week is going to be a a fantastic game uh, regardless of the result. And um, I I have a, an inkling that the the Browns might come out of next week, five and one. And uh, you know, we're going to do our best to keep, covered uh, on that uh, throughout the week and uh, as we get on out of here be sure to follow Alec on Twitter at Alec Sapolin S-A-P-O-L-I-N be sure to follow Jack on Twitter at Jack McCurry 08 Uh, me at Anthony Jokey J-O-K-I and of course follow the Dogland uh, on Twitter and uh, Facebook where you can keep up to date with all of the Browns news um that's out there and especially uh, our podcast uh, uh, that we do. Uh, like I mentioned, we'll have Tony Serino on uh, the podcast later this week with all that. We're going to get on out of here. And after going to four and one today, I will certainly leave you with this as I do at the end of every single episode. And that is go Browns. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.